Welcome back to the Almost Shameless Podcast. I am your host, Tanya Ray Fox. Thank you for joining me. Last week, I did not talk about the Patriots on this podcast, but I did talk about the Patriots versus the Chargers on multiple other podcasts. I went on the radio and talked with Joy Taylor about it on Fox Sports Radio. I went on Locked On Patriots with Mike DeBate and talked about it with him. And I told them both the same thing. The Patriots would have a chance to win against the Chargers if they played their style of old school offense and took care of the ball defensively. Obviously, you know, Belichick doing what he's doing. But most importantly, if the offense just held the ball and did their job, no mistakes. And guess what? They did just that. And now they are four and four. So we are going to discuss this week uh, where the Patriots stand in AFC because since their win against the Chargers on the road, they are suddenly getting some real playoff buzz, which I think is interesting because they were kind of written off for a few weeks there and now they're back in the mix. I think people are starting to see the consistency with defense and the kicking game, the fact that Nick Folk is playing so well and everything else around this rookie quarterback who is so good at not making game-changing mistakes or game-altering mistakes, right? Uh, So they're starting to see the signs of a potential AFC playoff contender. I will let you know where I stand on that. Um, But I do want to discuss that, what the schedule looks like moving forward, where they stand right now, what the playoff situation is if the playoffs were to start today. Obviously, we're just eight weeks into the season. So, uh, you know, very early, barely halfway there, but um, worth taking a look at where things stand right now. I also want to discuss the situation with Aaron Rodgers getting COVID and being out this week for the game against the Chiefs potentially further. uh, There will be obviously investigating into whether or not he broke COVID protocols because it did come out that while he insinuated very strongly back in August that he was vaccinated, he is in fact not vaccinated. And we're going to talk a little bit about how he went about not addressing that with the media purposefully misleading the media and fans about that. But first, I do want to hit on where the Patriots stand right now, because I do think it's of national interest at this point. Hot stuff coming up. The competition in the AFC is much more broad. It's much more wide open. There's a lot of teams that are contending for those seven playoff spots, one of which are the four and four Patriots. The NFC, it's a little more clear where the line stands between the elite teams and the teams who are probably not really contenders, right? Um, But luckily for the Patriots, that's not the case. And they still have both their games against the Bills, a chance to really make some headway in the division and in the wild card um, efforts. As I was saying in my intro, all of a sudden the Patriots are getting a little bit of playoff buzz. It appears that national media and fans have remembered that Bill Belichick is the greatest head coach of all time and that perhaps he wasn't going to go down without a fight this season. Uh, He did spend a lot of money in the offseason. He did spend it in specific places to try to make this team better, and it is working slowly but surely. We have talked all season long, all offseason and then into the season. You and I, my listeners, my viewers and I, we know we've been talking about the fact that it is very hard to come out guns blazing with a rookie quarterback. It's impossible. Really, it is. And so the hiccups 
while Mac looked good, you know, comparatively to other rookie quarterbacks and to what we may have expected, he looked good. It, it, it still wasn't a team that was gelling. You need a really good veteran quarterback at the most important position in sports. If you want to have a really strong, successful start to a season, for the most part, it's very hard to come out guns blazing with a true rookie. But the good thing about Mac is he seems to understand that this league is a week-by-week league. He didn't have his best game against the Chargers last week. Let's be honest. Um, There are some serious issues with the Patriots' ability to score when they get in the red zone. It's bad. Not a lot going on there. Mac is not a dynamic player. They don't have a ton of dynamic players. So the passing game in the red zone is pretty bad. In general, the offense in the red zone is pretty bad. You don't love to see it. However, Mac isn't turning the ball over, and that is huge. He is not reckless uh, with his decision-making, and that is huge. We have seen the recklessness from some of these younger quarterbacks, the ones that haven't worked out, the Sam Darnolds of the world, where it's just like your decision-making is just so bad. We don't have that issue uh, with Mac and the Patriots, and that is huge. There are flaws, though. There are flaws with the way that that team operates, specifically if they are going to go down the stretch and play in the playoffs or make a real run at the playoffs, that's going to have to get better. It's a little nitpicky right now to focus on that because the defense is coming along so well, even as thin as they are at cornerback, shutting down Justin Herbert and that passing game for the majority of the game last week. The final score makes the game look like it was closer than it really was. They were, you know, ahead by 10 points and did the smart thing by forcing Herbert to really wind down the clock. And they played prevent defense, took time off the clock, knowing that they could allow a touchdown and they could still easily win the game. And it was a smart play, but they, but the Patriots by all intents and purposes won that game by 10 points. Definitive win, really good performance on special teams and defense. Got a defensive score. That really was what swung the game for the Patriots was the defensive touchdown off of a turnover. And that's the kind of stuff that we're used to seeing from the Patriots defense in years where they make real runs at the Super Bowl or they make real runs at the playoffs, right? Is a playmaking defense. And we're starting to see some of that now. Obviously, Matthew Judon has been a revelation for this team. Definitely made things easier on the defensive backs. I think we can see that. Bill Belichick still proving that if you are a young quarterback, he is not going to let you beat him easy. He's going to make it difficult. And and going on the road and beating a really good Chargers team, not elite, not, I mean, the Chargers maybe aren't as good as we thought they were at the beginning of the season, but this is still a really good team, really well-coached team with an experience incredibly talented explosive young quarterback and it seemed like the Patriots were in control the entire time even when they themselves were struggling to score that's never a bad sign but like I said there's still some hiccups to get over there are still some things that this offense needs to work out specifically when they get that shorter field in the red zone it seems like the play calling and what they're able to do is really shallow They're not able to pull from a lot. And that's a problem because if everybody knows Damian Harris is running, we've all got a problem. Mac has got to find ways to get to the tight ends, to get to the wide receivers in those situations so that he can open it up a little bit more in the red zone and start scoring. Because if he'd been able to do that against the Chargers, it would have been a blowout. And they didn't need a blowout. I'm not saying it has to be like that every week, but 
These are the little things that you see. And these are the reasons I'm concerned. And I have been concerned about the Patriots being good enough to actually win a playoff game when the time comes. Not a surprise, but it's a nice uh, bonus, I guess, that they are in this place. It's a testament to Bill Belichick and his team building and the fact that even with a rookie quarterback, they are still in the mix. So let's talk about that mix. As it stands right now, if the playoffs were to begin today, the first round by, believe it or not, would go to the Tennessee Titans. They are the one seed. The Las Vegas Raiders are the two seed. Again, who saw this coming? Uh, at five and two, Baltimore Ravens are the three seed at five and two. Buffalo would be the four seed at five and two. Uh, Cincinnati would be the five seed at five and three. Pittsburgh would be uh, the six seed at four and three. And the Chargers would get that last spot at the seven seed. They are at four and three as well. That leaves the Patriots just on the outside, on the very edge of that bubble at, at the eight spot at four and four. So very workable to get back in to that playoff picture with the right wins. They are getting a lot of help from teams that should have been better than they are. Help from the Chiefs who are struggling. Help from the Browns who appear to be completely imploding. Help from the Colts who can't seem to get things together with Carson Wentz. Shocker. So a few uh, potential playoff teams there that are helping the Patriots to keep their spot. Now we have to go over to the Patriots schedule and take a look at what they have coming up next. They have their game against the Panthers coming up this weekend. They have to win that game. No excuses. Whether Donald plays or not, you win that game. You've already beat the crap out of Donald plenty in the past. This is a team that's on a bit of a skid. Uh, obviously, with Christian McCaffrey, they're better than without. But this is you go on the road and you beat the Chargers. That means you can absolutely go on the road and beat the Panthers. Then they host the Browns. They go to the Falcons. They host the Titans. They go to the Bills. They go to the Colts. So big games there, big AFC games there. There's two Bills games that I mentioned. There's the Colts game. They're obviously still going to be in the mix because the other two teams in that division are trash. So they're still going to be competing with the Titans for the rest of the season. You still want, you still keep your eye on that Browns game. That's important. And that's a home game. And the Patriots really need to start getting home wins. That's, a, that's another thing they need to start doing is not losing those games at home. And they go on the road to the Titans. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Titans, right? Because now that they don't have Derrick Henry, I can't imagine there's any chance in hell that they keep that number one seed. There's just no way. The way defenders have to play the Titans when Derrick Henry is on the field versus when he is not is so drastically different. No stacking the box, none of that stuff. It's going to be a completely different season for the Titans here on out. And I cannot imagine that they keep that one seed. And I cannot imagine that the teams that have them coming up aren't going to take advantage of that as they reshuffle the whole, the look of their offense and the Patriots get them on November 28th. So that could end up being a really big game for them. And right now it looks winnable with the way the Patriots defense is playing. It looks winnable going on the road and winning in Tennessee could actually happen. It also looks like the Patriots could beat the bills at least once this season. Uh, I don't see them beating them twice, but even a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't necessarily imagine the Patriots beating the Bills this year, but they haven't looked that impressive. Uh, they didn't look good against the Dolphins. I think that they are a little bit more vulnerable than people realize, especially in division. Again, can't say it enough. In division is always a crapshoot. You have a coach 
the greatest coach of all time who knows your team, knows your quarterback, and is going to know what to do against you. And there's a strong chance they grab one of those games. And so we are now looking at a situation where the Patriots could realistically finish the season 10 and seven, maybe even 11 and six. Uh, I'm not necessarily getting my hopes up to that degree, but that Chargers game was certainly a statement win and something to pay attention to as the rest of the AFC East really shuffles around. Like I said, some of these contenders are falling apart. They're lucky they're getting the Browns pretty soon. They're getting the Titans pretty soon. These are teams they probably would not have been able to beat earlier in the season. And as things go the way that they're going, their odds are going up, right? So things are working in their favor. Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. The question is, when you look at the playoff standings, who do you think that they could potentially supplant? And I think at the end of the day, there are going to be two, not three teams out of the NFC North. Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Pittsburgh currently have three of those seven spots. One of those three teams is going to drop out, and I could almost bet my life that it's not going to be the Ravens. So then you start to look at Pittsburgh or the Bengals and the Bengals certainly have a better quarterback and they have the hotter team losing to the jets is a little disheartening, but that kind of stuff can happen with a young team that has been playing really well, underestimating a bad team with their backup quarterback that can happen. I'm not as worried about the Bengals as I am about the Steelers. I think that the spot that the Patriots will be looking to grab is either the Steelers spot or the Chargers spot. Uh, And that is assuming that they don't catch the Bills and somehow win the division. Uh, I'm not counting on that. So you're talking about a wild card spot here. So I think it's either that six or seven spot that the Steelers or the Chargers have right now. Like I said, I don't see Tennessee staying up at that number one spot. I think event at the end of the season, we'll either see Buffalo or Baltimore or potentially even Las Vegas up there in that spot. Uh, the Vegas Raiders, man, that's a hard team to tell what's going to go on from here. They've faced a lot of adversity already this season, and it seems like they've really risen to the occasion and actually found their themselves an identity with, with the parting of John Gruden and kind of reestablishing themselves in the wake of that. And now they are dealing with the aftermath, the very emotional, distressing aftermath of the Henry Ruggs, the third car crash that killed a young woman and her dog. Um, If you don't know this story, he was traveling, according to police, at speeds, at a speed up to 156 miles an hour. Speed at the time of impact was in the range of 126 miles an hour. He survived the accident with minor injuries, but 23-year-old Tina Tintor and her dog did not survive the crash. And 
he is obviously looking at serious legal ramifications. He was under the influence, double the legal limit to drive. And it's an incredibly heartbreaking story. Um, this is a crash that has taken a woman and her dog from a family who are going to grieve for them for the rest of their lives. It's horrific. No way to put into words what kind of damage this kind this type of tragedy will do to a family. And it's uh, heartbreaking. And on the other side of this is someone whose own life will be irrevocably changed, whose path was set for this amazing life and career. And that will no longer happen for him for obvious reasons. And his teammates are feeling the repercussions of that. It is hard to see someone you care about make decisions like this that lead to such destruction and horror and not have it affect you. And we've heard from Derek Carr and, um, and the people who also love him, Henry Ruggs, and who care about him and they are supportive in the best way that they can be um, without disrespecting the loss of the family of Tina Tintor. And it's a really, really difficult spot to be in. This was a rookie player who was had his whole future in front of him. And it does change the course of many lives, including uh, the people that he played it with. And we're going to see, you know, I don't want to speculate on how that is going to work out for the Raiders. I just know it's something that they are dealing with. And it would be crazy of me not to mention that as we look at what we're dealing with in the AFC, and especially because the Raiders are at the top of that leaderboard right now, it's, you know, I can't mention where they're at and, and how well they've been playing without, without also that they have also been as a team been through a lot. And so we can only sort of follow along as they continue to deal with that. So that is where the AFC stands right now. That is where the Patriots stand right now. Like I said, I fully expect the Patriots to go to the Panthers and beat them and come out of that game five and four. And if they don't, well, that changes the conversation because this is a team that really can't uh, screw around with many more losses. You have four, you don't want to get above six or seven and they still have nine games to play. So they got to go six and three from here on out max at worst. They got to go six and three here to try to stay in the mix, but that's exciting. I'm glad the AFC has opened the lane for the Patriots. I'm glad that the Bills have opened the lane for the Patriots to potentially get one of those games. So there's a lot to look forward to there. Again, I want to see more progression from Mac Jones moving forward in the red zone. That's the big thing I'm going to be watching for. So you guys should be watching for that as well. I think it's the, it's the most important progress that the Patriots have to make on any side of the ball at any position. Before we wrap up, we should probably take a minute to talk about what happened this week with Aaron Rodgers. Shall we? As I said earlier, he got COVID. Turns out he wasn't vaccinated. Prior to the season, this is what he had to say when he was point blank asked if he had been vaccinated against COVID. Are you vaccinated and what's your stance on, on vaccinations? Yeah, I've been immunized. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of conversation around it, around the league and a lot of guys who have made statements and have made statements, owners who made statements. Um, you know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. Uh, I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. So obviously he skirted the issue by using the word immunized rather than vaccinated. 
this is stuff, you know, I'm very torn on this because on one hand, I feel like we know Aaron Rodgers well enough as media and as fans to know that when he uses that language, he clearly is trying to talk around something. We should probably perk up a little bit alert to what's going on. But he did continue. If he had just stopped and said, yeah, I've been immunized and left it at there. I think we all would have been like, "Eh, what does that mean? But he kept going and he did clarify that he doesn't want to judge players who haven't been vaccinated. So it really did seem like he was implying like, yes, I've been vaccinated. I'm just a douchebag who needed to use another word because I need to always sound smarter than the other people around me. Just classic Aaron Rodgers. We almost sort of like don't even blink anymore when he acts like that. But he knew what he was doing there. He knew he was getting the media off his back. He knew he he was implying that he had been vaccinated without saying he had been so that he didn't have to answer these questions going forward. Um, And he hasn't. He has escaped all accountability for that all season long. Now, here's the thing. I don't want to get into, we talked about this when Cam Newton was dealing with not wanting to get vaccinated. He has, by the way, since been vaccinated. Um, I don't want to get into your personal philosophies on vaccination. Uh, I won't get into mine. You already know them. Here's the problem is Aaron Rodgers, number one, doesn't think he owes anybody an explanation for anything ever. And now he is paying the consequences uh, for being the arrogant overconfident person that he is in every time he steps in front of a camera. He spent all off season acting as though the the Packers had done something personal to him by not involving him in drafting and signing players. He demanded that they bring him Randall Cobb. They did that. He made sure everybody knew that he had issues with Gutekunst, issues with the front office, and that he was going to stand his ground until he got what he wanted. He is feels like he was in the driver's seat. He has also spent every day since they drafted Jordan Love acting as though it was a personal affront to him that they drafted a quarterback. All well and good as long as you make sure you're always doing your best to stay on the field. And when you don't get vaccinated while there's a pandemic going on and you know there's rules that will prevent you from playing if you get COVID, And it will be worse if you are unvaccinated than if you were vaccinated because those are the rules because generally the virus is worse for those who are unvaccinated versus those who are vaccinated. So you know all of this and you still choose to not get vaccinated, fine. But now you look like the asshole. Now you look like the tool because Jordan Love's gonna start against that bad Kansas City defense on Sunday. And if they hadn't drafted him, your unvaccinated ass would have left them starting Blake Bortles this week or whoever else they could have scrounged up. If they hadn't drafted him instead of getting you your wide receiver or getting you your offensive lineman, they'd have no one to play quarterback right now. And if they did, it would be some half-assed backup, just like the guy who's the third string. So who's the asshole now? I don't really care. I don't care if him and Shailene Woodley decided to cook up some brew in their cabin somewhere and call it an immunization. I don't care. All I know is these are the rules. These are the rules that have been put in place for every single other person. You're one of the faces of the league. You love to get on television and onto the Pat McAfee show and tell everybody how you're different, how you're special, how you're above other people, how you should be treated differently, how you deserve more respect. And then you go insinuate to the media that you are vaccinated, knowing full well you're not, knowing full well everybody is going to believe what you just said. Go half the season 
acting the way that you're acting, never addressing the fact that you are unvaccinated. And then you contract it, leave your team in the middle of a season where they're actually doing pretty well, have just come off the biggest win of your season. Now you're not going to play and Jordan Love gets the start. You're the one caused your own crap. This is the story of Aaron Rodgers' career. He is the cause of his own misery always. This is what happens to people who don't believe that they can ever be critiqued. This is what happens to people when they think they know better than everybody else. Even if you think you are a scientist who knows more than 98% of scientists in the world and all the peer-reviewed studies and all the actual research that's been done, even if you are one of those people, fine. But the rules are that you should be vaccinated if you want to stay on the field. The rules have been put in place for those who are unvaccinated and you didn't want to follow them. So you've just been acting like it doesn't apply to you. So you have just handed the backup quarterback that you didn't want there the opportunity to win that job in 2022. Hope you do want to go to the Broncos. Hope you do want to go somewhere else because you're going. Because unless Jordan Love fucking sucks, there's a strong chance you just gave him the, the exact opportunity he needed to be the future of the Green Bay organization. Maybe that's all part of your master plan, genius. Maybe. Either way, you still look like a tool. You still look like a liar. You still look like an arrogant jerk. And you still have only ever played in one Super Bowl. All right. Uh, that's it for my rant on Aaron Rodgers. That guy can suck it. Uh, looking forward to Patriots Panthers this weekend and all the other games. I'm really excited to, that we're into the meat of the season, especially now we're past Halloween. We're into holiday season. We're preparing for Thanksgiving and Christmas. This is the best. Like if we're going to have to deal with crappier weather and, and having it be dark at like four o'clock, this is what we need. I don't know how people get through the, like the back end of fall and early winter without football. Like what do people who don't watch sports or watch football do when it starts to get dark and cold? I don't get it. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Tanya Ray Fox podcast feed at shameless TRF. Let me know what you think about where the Patriots are at right now, where Mac is at right now. Vent to me about, uh, about Aaron Rodgers if you feel like it. And feel free to start giving me your predictions because this is prediction season. There's eight games behind us. It's time that we can start seeing how things could potentially play out. It's still early, but if you want to go on record so that I can give you a shout out later on, if you were correct, do that. I will not, here's the rules. I will not shout you out if you're totally wrong. I'll only promise to retweet and shout you out if you end up being completely right. So throw me your predictions. It's a win-win because I'm not going to remind you of your poor predictions if they end up sucking because I wouldn't want someone to do that to me. So I won't do that to you. And if you are right, I'll definitely give you credit. So hit me up with those. And thank you again for listening. I appreciate you. I will talk to you again next week. Bye.